Uh, blacks, of course, emerging from slavery had enormous uh, disadvantages, even as compared to people emerging from slavery in other parts of the Western Hemisphere. Because, for one thing, in the United States, uh, blacks were not allowed to have any responsibility under slavery. That the, 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 one of the key ways of holding blacks in slavery at low cost was to keep the people dependent as much as possible. Now, people tried to do that in other parts of the Western Hemisphere. It wasn't as possible, say, in the West Indies, because there weren't enough whites, for example, in the West Indies to matter. So if blacks were going to be fed in the West Indies, they had to be fed by growing their own food. Like Angola and, uh, uh, and um, like the Portuguese colonies compared to, say, South Africa. Yes. And so, therefore, the blacks, say, in the West Indies had all sorts of experience growing their own food, selling the surplus in the market, and, in fact, being responsible for budgeting what they, what they had. Blacks in the United States were deliberately kept from having that. Dependence was seen as the key to, to, to holding the slaves down. It's ironic that that same principle comes up in the welfare state in you know, a hundred years. Yo, how's it guys? Welcome back to Freedom Fanatics. My name is Alex. I will be your host for today. Remember guys, your freedom is worth fighting for and we're here to do that today with my good colleagues Sholin and Chris down in the Western Cape. Uh, guys, remember you can follow us all at Badger of Liberty uh, where you are. Uh, so be it TikTok, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, we are there. Um, just a quick announcement before we get into the show is that uh, we have officially launched an online store where you can uh, wear your freedom on your sleeve. So guys, check it out, shop.freedomadvocacy.net. And we've got a bunch of hoodies uh, up there for which you guys can have a look at. So with some powerful quotes on, you know, shit, wear your favorite freedom quote. And you can also gift someone the, the joy of liberty and freedom with a fan gift card. So feel free to check that out, shop.freedomadvocacy.net. Radio. So, to kick off with, we're going to start with a, a little news clip that came, came from uh, JJ Tabani's show. It seems to be a bit of a trend we're on at the moment. Um, but here he is interviewing uh, Ntlewo Tlamini, who is quite a controversial figure. I think it's, it's warranted to say. Um, and he was talking um, about state dependency. Now, let's have a look at the let's have a look at the clip. And then we'll jump into to, uh, discussing it. Well, former student leader and fees must fall activist in Lamini says the ANC has created a dependency state. He says this has been intentionally done to try and control people. Also speaking to JJ Tabane on Power to Truth, Lamini says it's time for people to stand up and have pride in who they are. Damage is in the head. Mm. Our focus must be the mind. We need to conscientize people. I said, South Africa, the ANC government, the black government, created a dependent citizenry. They found black people working and feeding themselves. And they made those people to be useless and to live on handouts. We are a laughing stock. We will fight these foreigners day in and day out. They are working. We want to go and queue for 350. The damage is huge. It was intentionally made 
so that you can control the citizenry, so that you can control the uprising and the violence that he's talking about. When you go to Mutu, when you go to Sigisigi and everywhere else, Labo Koko about, hey, Mandela Samtanda was a Kelizin. Hey, Mandela Samtanda was a Kelizin. Instead of saying, we don't have jobs. Why am I being fed? What type of a man will I be if another man builds me a house to live with my children? That's where we must rise as black people and seek pride in feeding our children, in building shelter for ourselves. Yeah. We can't be told by government that we build you a house. For those okay, well, there you have it, guys. Very impassioned. Uh... Uh, little speech there from from Gerbil. Chris, you 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 shared the the video with us. What what are you, what were your thoughts when when you first saw it? I started thinking about how we see that there's more that, that there's about sixty percent of of young people that's reliant on the social relief of distress grant for for whatever reason they have, because they don't have opportunities and the necessary tools to go work. And it, it sort of, it, it, it struck, like, I, I really, 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 really think that these people, they, they're willing, they, they want the opportunities. So give them the opportunities. Don't give them money that they can use on, 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 on they just, it's, Decency, they need uh, an opportunity. They want to work. Let them work. Don't let them be dependent on the state for every single thing because you're just going to make it worse for yourself. Chris, I'm just going to stick with you there because you recently wrote an article for us, which we'll be publishing this weekend, about the social relief distress grants. Uh, Sholin, you did a little news item on it. Guys, you can watch that on Fan News on uh, on TikTok. You can watch those 15-second clips where Sholin breaks down some important news stories for you, things that you, you need to know. But Chris, let's just touch on, on that article for a bit. They, they want to raise the social relief distress, distress grants, if I'm not mistaken. Um, do you want to just give us a little summary of what, or maybe a little taste of what people can expect in your article? So basically, the Department of Social Development wants to increase the qualification threshold from 350 rand to the food poverty line, which is 624 rand, so that more people can qualify to receive the grant. So automatically, there's about 11,000 applications for the social relief of distress grant. So they want mm. more people to be able to access those grants. So yeah, that's basically it. Okay. Cool. And what, what, what are your takeaways? What was your reaction to, to that? Uh, yeah, to that call? I find that Throughout my research, I, I was thinking to myself, um, this department is and the government is sort of taking a, a, a bragging tone to, 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 to this and saying, look how much people we have on, 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 on social grants and, and sort of mm. parading around with the numbers. It's such a large number. Uh, it's sort of a good thing. I don't know. Uh, but it's really not a good thing being dependent yeah. on the state like for, for, for that. 
In essence, like like Nkwebo Tlamini actually says. Um, now, obviously, Sherlin, Nkwebo Tlamini is quite a, quite a controversial character. He, I mean, he's famously quoted as saying that uh, we must do to white people what Hitler did to Jews uh, in the heat of Fismus Fall back in 20, I think that was 2016, I can't quite recall. Um, and yeah, he was quite a, quite a significant activist on the campuses of the University of Vatisrand. But uh, it's, uh, look, there's some weird fishy stuff there about foreigners that he threw in, which I thought was unfortunate and disappointing. But otherwise, I think he's, I think we can agree with most of him. And I think that's important, you know, let's start the, these ideas, you know, people from across the political spectrum, ideologies, fees must fall, you know, people seem to all be on the same page uh, at the moment. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, Alex, you're absolutely right. There is definitely some truth to what um, you were speaking, um, although some of those comments were rather unfortunate. <laughs> um, but yeah, nonetheless, I do think he's correct because we do have a situation where um, the ANC government have created a dependency state. Um, there is no argument against that, um, especially when we have more people, um, you know, grant dependence than um, job and um, income earners in this country. And I think there's a strong correlation at least between um, um, dependency and people becoming um, despondent, um, especially when they are not the ones actively, um, you know, earning that said income. Mm. And what the and what that essentially causes in this context is that we have a situation where more people are becoming so dependent more, and more dependent on the government that they do not want to necessarily um, upset the balance of things that occur, that the way things are right now, because they might get that um, 350 rand, whatever grant they receive, um, mm. taken away from them. And that is a fear tactic that we see many politicians use right now, um, especially those who advocate for more wealth, for more grants, when we need more jobs, where they say that if you take us out of power, all of this money is going to be taken away from you mm. and you're going to be poor and um, you're going to suffer. And always as if those South Africans do not experience suffering right now, as if though they don't experience food insecurity right now. So mm. these people are really um, using this as a tactic um, where they give and that they take um, as a means to, you know, what, in, enforce their power. And uh, the fact that that is occurring is, Truly, truly unfortunate. Mm. Um, but I also think that um, the, as our clip um, at the start, Thomas, so well um, highlights is that, you know what, there's a real, there's a real similarities, there's a real some similar characteristics mm. of what slavery did way back in the day and the way the wealthy state operates um, today is that the only reason why I can survive and the only reason why I can, um, you know, continue on input to the future and mm. be a source of, 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 of a, as a money funnel, um, the only reason that can occur is that it requires um, individuals, communities, and citizens to depend, to be dependent on a master and on a, and on um, a, a leadership in whatever mm. um, capacity that is. And that is a real um, cause of concern for us. Um, especially as we go on into the future, um, because the question must be, we are on a thing where more people are going to be dependent on grants. Um, mm. Do you want future generations? Do you want to live on a grant until um, thy kingdom come? 
um, that's not a sufficient way to live. Absolutely hmm. not. Yeah, and I think it's important to know that yeah, we're not rubbishing the idea of a grant in and of itself. Um, and and there is obviously a place for welfare mm -hmm. where where a state can afford it. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, as the reactions to your TikTok were shown from from you guys at home, there was every second comment was like jobs, 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 jobs. So I think we we can. I think that's something something to take with us to twenty twenty four. But let's let's watch the 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 Thomas Sol clip now that we've had a bit of a discussion about it. Uh, let's just watch it again one more time, and then we'll we'll get into our next topic after that. advantages even as compared to people emerging from uh blacks of course emerging from slavery had enormous uh, disadvantages even as compared to people emerging from slavery in other parts of the western hemisphere because for one thing in the united states the blacks were not allowed to have any responsibility under slavery that the, the, the one of the key ways of holding blacks in slavery at low cost was to keep the people dependent as much as possible now, people tried to do that in other parts of the Western Hemisphere. It wasn't as possible, say, in the West Indies, because there weren't enough whites, for example, in the West Indies to matter. So if blacks were going to be fed in the West Indies, they had to be fed by growing their own food. Like Angolan and, uh, uh, and um, like the Portuguese colonies compared to, say, South Africa. Yes. And so, therefore, the blacks, say, in the West Indies had all sorts of experience growing their own food, selling the surplus in the market, and, in fact, being responsible for budgeting what they, what they had. Blacks in the United States were deliberately kept from having that. Dependence was seen as the key to, to holding the slaves down. It's ironic that that same principle comes up in the welfare state you know, 100 years later. Well, yeah, there you have it. Good, good food for thought. Let, let's leave that topic there, guys. In addition to launching a shop this week, you'll notice there's a little floating pineapple in the top right of your screen. And that is indeed the new logo of the Freedom Fanatics podcast. Uh, it was actually Sholin's idea to throw in this African flag into the mix. So uh, that, that's uh, we're very grateful that we have such a such a bright mind on board here at, at FAM. Um, but uh, so we've um, we've put together a little article about about the uh, the redesign of our podcast logo, um, and you guys can find that on freedomadvocacy.net if you want to read up a bit about it. But we're going to chat a bit about it now. So. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to share a little uh, uh, a video with you guys, uh, which comes from Gravitas on YouTube, uh, and essentially gives the background as to why we chose a pineapple, because I think a lot of people might think that's a pretty odd thing. But remember, you can find the, the article on freedomadvocacy.net under the heading, why our podcast logo, logo rather is a pineapple. So let's have a watch of the, the clip from, uh, from Gravitas. Here's another story of determination. It is from Taiwan. The protagonists of the story are pineapples. Yes, the tropical fruit. Pineapples became the bone of contention between China and Taiwan. Here's what happened. China wanted to punish Taiwan, so it banned the import of pineapples from Taiwan. The move backfired. In just a few days, Taiwan has ended up selling more pineapples than China bought from it last year. How did that happen? With generous orders from friends, and a hashtag. You don't want to miss the story. Pineapples. They were Taiwan's biggest export to China last year. 90% of Taiwan's pineapple exports went to China until Beijing banned them. Chinese customs officials claim they found pests in pineapples imported from Taiwan. 
but in Taipei, the ban was seen as a political move designed to hurt Taiwan economically. Suddenly, Taiwan had to find a new market for its pineapples. It came up with a campaign, hashtag Freedom Pineapples. Government officials of Taiwan began tweeting about pineapples. They were promoting the indigenous produce with a sales pitch, an appeal to the world to purchase Taiwan's Freedom Pineapples as a form of protest against China. The plan worked. The Taiwanese have embraced the fruit as an act of patriotism. Taiwan's friends have backed the campaign. On Twitter, Taiwan's Foreign Minister Joseph Wu asked the world to rally behind the Freedom Pineapple. The American Institute in Taiwan, the de facto U.S. Embassy in the country, promoted Taiwan's pineapple campaign on its Facebook page. The Canadians pitched in too. Staff at their trade office in Taipei posed with a pineapple pizza to support Taiwan. Japan, too, extended a helping hand. It ordered more than 6,000 tons of pineapples from Taiwan. A report from the Taiwanese press shared a photograph of an empty shelf from a Japanese supermarket. The pineapples from Taiwan went up for sale. In Taiwan, the consumption of pineapples has gone up. So, yeah, sorry, guys, we're just muted there. Um, but I think we get the idea. Sholin, you, you seemed quite intrigued there. What are your, what are your thoughts about the, what your, the, the story in Taiwan and, and uh, the rehashing, the, the adoption of the pineapple for fan? Yeah, no, um, absolutely, as always. Um, so most of you won't know, but Alex is um, our designer on the siding fan, and he obviously did a brilliant job with our logo. Um, and yeah, with regards to the rest of the um, situation, um, I, I, for one, am very interested in geopolitics and foreign policy. That's definitely one of my interests. And this situation in Taiwan and China is actually one of the one of the one of the perfect examples that I think we can use if we want to explain the way things are actually operating in our world right now, um, especially with like, with regards to Africa in that context, is because what we see is that Taiwan obviously wants freedom, it wants democracy, it wants um, self determination, it wants to make determine um, its own future as a country, mm. as an independent country, away from the communists, away from the socialists on the other side um, of the political spectrum um, in China. And what it has done essentially is made, made use of these um, pineapples as a as a form to showcase the mm. the, the need for freedom, um, the aspiration for freedom, and we that's why we should also look at it when it with regards to South Africa is that South Africa is currently um, in the middle of this um, geopolitical um, you know like. Um, conflict, uh, although it's not like um, physical fighting taking place, between what we would call the Western countries who promote freedom, who promote democracy, mm. you know, free markets and um, the rule of law versus um, the other guys on the other side who are actually China um, that want to, you know, enforce their rules through communism, through state control. Um, over citizens who actually want freedom. And so when South Africans really decide about like, you know, where should we stand while this conflict between um, freedom and 
um, coercion takes place, we really need to see where the line in the sand is drawn. And on the one side, what we have is countries like Russia and um, China want to overtake and control other nations um, like Ukraine and Taiwan. Um, while we have, and that's countries who are currently asking us, no, you guys need to come stand on our side. You guys need to come support us, which is a very dangerous route for South Africa mm. to take, um, especially with our current government's views on certain things. And on the other hand, we have countries who are telling us that, you know what, you guys need actually more freedom. You guys need mm. to deal with the corrupt. You guys need to protect property rights. And those are countries like the United States, like um, the United Kingdom, like Germany and France, um, who are actually pro-freedom, countries like Japan, um, mm. you know, like Singapore. These are pro-freedom countries. And South Africans, South Africa's um, government is currently on a wrong path with pursuing closer relationships with dictators in the form of Vladimir Putin and, um, you know, Xi Jinping in China, because we can clearly see how close they are in their countries. Um, so, yeah, let's hope that we'll get on the right path and stick with um, our pro-democratic um, countries. Yeah, 100%. So everyone go out and get yourself a Taiwanese freedom pineapple. Maybe we can put it on the fan store. We can start selling freedom pineapples. But we're running a bit over time. But Chris, in 30 seconds, what do you, do you have any thoughts on the, on the matter here? I think Sherlyn said exactly what I would say. Yeah, freedom is worth fighting for. Yeah, 100%. And uh, go. We actually we say in the article. Remember, guys, there's a uh, that you can find the article online. It also provides a bit of historical context to the the conflict between Taiwan mm -hmm. and China. Um, and yeah, maybe you can find a recipe for a fan uh, pina colada. But on that note, guys, we have a rebranded edition of Burning Questions, which is now called Your Reactions, but it is still within Bali. Ah, man, looks beautiful, looks amazing. <laughs> Hi, guys, welcome to your reactions. <laughs> Amazeful, it's called your reactions, but you know, it's still the same content, still with me, still with Sholin, Alex, and Chris, you know, nothing much has changed. Um, so, guys, for today, we're looking at um, a code card from Mr. Nelson Mandela, Utat, who eh, was an amazing person. Even though I did not know him personally, but you know. <laughs> um, and the code card reads, real leaders must be ready to sacrifice. To sacrifice all for the freedom of their people. Hmm. Alex, if you're the leader of South Africa, what would you sacrifice for your people? Well, I think, uh, I think sacrifice comes in, well, obviously you're giving up your time, you're sacrificing a career, or so obviously you're gaining one, but I think it, it really is to be a civil servant um, and a leader takes a lot of determination. I've heard, I've heard some good things about uh, Jordan Hill Lewis down in Cape Town. Apparently he's, he's someone who works really hard um, from, from dusk till dawn um, or rather from dawn till dusk. I don't think he's working at night, um, but I think the point is, um, yeah, you, it, there's a lot of self-sacrifice um, that goes into being a civil servant. So, and that's what leadership is. You know, getting people, so getting the, the economy working to a point where people have jobs. That's fighting for people's yeah. freedom. So, yeah. You'd make a great leader. 
It did no. make it really um, So guys, let's go into the comments. And the first one is from Sharon. And she says, no leaders, just looters in the South African government. Sholen, your thoughts on this comment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sheesh, that's that's that that's a big one. Um, I must say that, yeah. Obviously, for a real the real um indication or mo the primary characteristic for any leader should be their willingness to sacrifice, because true leadership requires um service, um, and not to them but to the people that they um have been elected to lead. And yeah, absolutely, in our national government, I would say. Um, that there are a lot of looters. We've seen this over and over again, with whether it's everything with corruption to tender um, entrepreneurs um, to all of these wild contracts that just, for some reason, splash money at some of these leaders. That is the complete opposite of what we see as real leaders. Um, but there are stories I, I really have to like implore that we shouldn't be discouraged, but there are many stories of local government leaders, community leaders who actually serve their communities and are probably the only reason why South Africa is still able to function as we are right now. And that's why we definitely shouldn't be um, encouraged to that we shouldn't stop, um, you know, cultivating and creating leaders or even would be willing to step up as leaders who have integrity. Um, because clearly we can see with our national government, um, we need leaders more now than ever before. Dude, definitely. Um, Malusi Matiba, weird. Um, he says, not freedom for all South Africans, only for the ANC leaders and their families. Even apartheid was better than this. So-called freedom, please stop insulting South Africans. Chris, was apartheid better than what we see in this day and age? Definitely not. Because if he was living under apartheid, he wouldn't be able to say that. Probably. He wouldn't even have Facebook. Let's go to, I think there was a nice, a nice tweet and short one. Because, yeah, it's a thing of, no, mm. like, don't even think like that. Um, Julia here says, or Julie rather says, Mandela, in your grave, you orchestrated this. True. Okay. Um, Alex? Sure. I know. I, I, <laughs> this is definitely your reactions. No. <laughs> yes. <it's>, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think um, there was things like cadre deployment did start under Mandela. So, you know, we, 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 you know, history will look at him obviously very kindly, but let's also remember he was ANC. So, you know, yeah. take it where it comes. Um, but no, I think to... Yeah, I think he would be turning in his grave if he had seen what uh, what has become of what leadership there currently is uh, in, in leading the country. So, no, I don't think he is to be blamed here. No, and um, Dumi says he left us with useless speeches. Um, Sholem, did he? Are they useless? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely one of those guys who'd be like, um, you know what, Madiba might have had some faults um, with mm -hmm. regards to some of the people that were surrounding him in his party, um, for sure. But bruh, the sacrifice that Mandela made for us um, as a country is um, definitely no God. And I'm sure you didn't have wanted to be 
described as such, but mm. the level of sacrifice that he that he did um, give for this country, bruh, we are yet to see anything like that ever replicated in South Africans um, in South Africa's mm. history. Um, sure. Where will we ever see uh, a president, a uh, person, an individual so willing to sacrifice um, for the country like this guy? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Bali, what's that video? I see there's a comment with the video. Um, do you want us to go to that? There's someone knocking on my door, which is, I'm not liking that. Don't knock on my door again, okay? <laughs> okay, let's play it. Um, I think it's a video where Mandela is. There's an order to us. Okay. In order to avoid the wastage of a party we will be able to use the resource, the country's resources in a more efficient manner and to prevent the corruption which is so endemic in the National Party government. Please, ladies and gentlemen. The chains where most of the funds of the country have gone have come to an end. We have committed ourselves to leaders trying to lead a style of life similar to those of the, of the community. We are going to, I am going to suggest that my own salary, if I'm elected as state president, must be cut. I am doing that, unlike the National Party government which has paid large, attempted to pay large sums to the Director General when the poor people, when there are 5 million people unemployed, when there are 7 million people without housing, we are not going to live like fat pets. My friends in the National Party can do that. That's how, that's what they Ah, uh, your friends, they can do that. Unfortunately, your friends have failed, Dada, as keys. <laughs> but, but uh, Alex? No, interesting, interesting. I think what the, what's what's quite uh, an interesting takeaway from that is we talks about, so this is obviously pre-96, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, or pre-94, rather. Um, yeah, un unemployment of five, five million people unemployed, and we're now sitting with double um mm. so there's still a lot of problems but it's an interesting thing you know corruption's corruption eh um, yeah i think yeah and again like you know if that was his intention and the if now is what the current state of the anc is his legacy i think he'd be pretty pretty disappointed as he yeah. said but, yeah because yeah. there is a comment here i'll come to you just now Sholen, um from marilyn and and she asked how do you think your anc is doing i think the right answer is You'd be very disappointed. They're doing a terrible job, um, Sholin. Yeah, no. Nah, um, I just have to echo what Alex just mentioned. There is that corruption is corruption. It doesn't matter um, the individuals, the color of the skin, or even the political alliance um, who they um, associate with. We will call out. We should be calling out um, corruption, regardless. Um, and one of the things that we usually see a lot happening is that when people like the ANC are caught in corruption right now, they'll be like, oh, no, nah, but remember the guys in apartheid, those who did it? Um, mm -hmm. and, and somehow that justifies them doing it right now. So if you steal, you steal, and you should be held accountable for that. 
regardless, yeah. my guy. Um, yeah. And yeah, one of the things that we obviously are still struggling with is the accountability of those people that actually commit these corruption acts. Um, because, I mean, one of the benefits that we have now in a democratic society is freedom of not only speech, but the freedom of our press. And a lot of these stuff are unraveled to us and we know all about it, but yet we do not see the follow-up, which is these guys in, mm. in audience overalls. That's what we need yeah. to see right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We need to see more of them in this orange overalls. Definitely, I agree, Shulin. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Hashtag Your Reactions. <laughs> Remember to definitely check out our online store, get yourself a cool hoodie, cool t-shirt, um, and overall cool merch from um, Freedom Fanatics. Mm-hmm. And guys, uh, thank you for joining me. <laughs>